1: wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dormush, and this is Podcast Beyond, IGN's weekly PlayStation show, where we occasionally talk about PlayStation. Today, we're going to talk a lot about it. Uh, This is episode 608. I am joined this week by Brian Altano. Hi, Beyond. Lucia O'Brien. Beyond and Max Scoville. And a beyond to you, good sir. Beyond to you as well. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening or watching this episode. Uh, Today is going to be a Last of Us Part 2 Bonanza because I played two and a half hours of that game. It's a real game. I've played it. It was a little weird that that game exists and I actually got to play it. Uh, We have a release date thanks to the State of Play trailer. Uh, It is coming out February 21st, 2020. Um, I am free to talk about everything I played at that event uh, and we'll talk a little bit about the State of Play as a whole uh, as a wrap up to this conversation. But wanted to open up the floodgates to talk about what i played so basically whatever questions you guys have for me i will answer about what i played Uh, i can give a brief rundown of what i saw and we can jump from there
2: sure set set the mood a little bit about what the event was like and where where, which which dilapidated coffee shop you got to pretend you were in We,
1: we were brought to the hollywood modern warehouse a big big open space with, like, 12 TVs in it. Okay. Uh, and so we were brought in. We had a brief presentation uh, about the game uh, with some helpful gameplay tips from uh, game wiki expert Neil Druckmann. And he uh, gave us some advice on what we were about to play. And then we sat down. There were a few stands you may have seen uh, photos online on my Twitter or other people mm-hmm. who attended. Uh, they had just, like, a rundown shack over here or a Rustin's coffee over there. Nothing that extravagant. It was actually pretty low-key as an event. Um, but they had a few of those stands. And then just... A bunch of tvs and they said sit down play the last of us part two um and what we played was uh two levels i think both were pretty early in the game they didn't tell us exactly specifics but they were not the intro to the game uh they were a level called patrol and then there was a level called suburbs patrol was set in jackson wyoming uh where ellie and joel are living post The last of us one uh they're living there the this sequence took place immediately after the E3 2018 trailer, uh, where we saw Ellie at that dance with Dina, played by Shannon Woodward, and the two of them kiss at that dance. Um, And then we see a next day, which is basically a patrol a day in their life of how they live at this encampment. Uh, The second part was suburbs, which was set in Seattle. uh, And Seattle has basically been turned into this militant overrun state by a group called the WLF. And basically, if you are not a member of the WLF or part of their regime, uh, the people that they look over, they don't want you in Seattle. And they will either take you prisoner or kill you as a result. Uh, And Ellie is there to rescue some friend who shouldn't be there. Uh, And that leads to... A lot of terrible terrible interactions with terrible scavengers
0: now but, you have an idea of, of where these are set sort of in the story following the the trailer but do you have a sense of how they are in the in, sort of in the structure of the game
1: i think they were both uh act one for sure um i would say so there will be some sp- story spoilers throughout what we talk about i'll try to keep it as light as possible but um the second chapter the suburbs bit uh they were definitely split apart they did not happen sequentially suburbs ended with that moment with joel at the end of the new release date trailer Uh, where he's there and keeps her safe from scavengers. And then it's like, why What do you think I'd let you do this alone? That's how that demo ended. And I think that's a hell of an act one to me. Like that felt like a great act one. Here's the end of the story. Okay. We're going to get into something totally different now. Because to me, that implies Joel is not really a big presence in the first sort of
3: third of the game, at least. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how the tables will be turned possibly in the second act where Joel is your companion. Yeah. Right. yeah. I
2: mean, we still have this, obviously, the lingering bombshell from the end of the first game. And does that feel like there's animosity there? Does that feel like that will get addressed?
1: It definitely does. And I got to speak to Neil Druckmann after as well, and the way he described it was like, in this game, their relationship is strained. Mm -hmm. Like They still love each other, but the events of the first game definitely impacted them. And you know, the end of The Last of Us leaves some room open to interpretation of how Ellie took what happened and how much she actually knows. I think Ellie is a smart enough person to know what transpired. Yeah, but she
3: would have figured it out by now. Exactly,
1: yeah. and especially by now, I think she yeah. knows.
2: Yeah, it's tough to. we will. We will try our best to not spoil that game because it
0: is a, a PlayStation Plus game.
1: Yes, right?
3: yeah.
0: I mean, presumably, if you're watching stuff about The Last of Us Part Two, you played The Last of Us Part One, <laughs> and if a, you it's haven't, it's on PlayStation well, just Plus. Look,
3: but but, suffice to say, the ending of The Last of Us original, um, was very, uh, it, it left Joel in a very morally gray area. Yes. Yeah. It is,
2: like, I would say one of the best video game
3: endings. I think, for yeah. but, but sure. In, in a AAA yeah. game, for me, the, the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: That and probably Super Mario Bros. too, where it's That's streaming. Fair. Yeah. Which is very special. And Conqueror's Bad Fur
1: Day. Yeah, that was um very, very, But, yeah, this actually has a lot of parallels with Conqueror's Bad Fur Day, but we'll get to that
3: a <laughs> um, <laughs> bit. <laughs> I want that op-ed. I want that op
1: So... <laughs> Yeah, it very much felt like these two chapters were in the pretty early on in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first patrol level very much felt like here's how some of the new mechanics work. Here's like the basics of combat. So that that I would say is probably within the first hour or two um, after whatever the intro is, and then patrol is probably a little bit later on from there. But Neil and then some of the other team members, like they're all, they were very much reiterating at this event, what you're seeing is a very small slice of this game. Like they were, they've been saying this is the biggest game Naughty Dog has ever done in terms of scope on a gameplay complexity level, on a world level, on a story level. Um, And so, which
2: I'm, I'm a little, I don't want to say like, skeptical about i am a little apprehensive about because i did feel like uncharted 4 while it had a ton of excellent stuff um did have a little bit of bloat and overstayed its welcome a little bit i did appreciate that it allowed you and the story to sort of stop and smell the roses here and there but that game felt needlessly padded at times with a lot of like great puzzle stuff um but that said uh this has always been a more story driven you know output from that studio and so i do have faith that Something cool will come from all that. I mean, like the, my favorite seasons of TV shows are eight to ten hours. You know, I, I would say that my least favorite shows are the ones that are twenty-four hours a season. Um, and so, I do hope that there there is a, a narrative justification for this being that long. I, I know gamers do tend to conflate longer with better because it is a better value for sixty bucks. Um, but at the end of the day, I do I want them to have like a very strong narrative driven
0: reason to be here for this
2: long and i I would say that
0: the the tone of the last of us is definitely more suited to a longer game Mm -hmm. it does have those sort of quiet moments it's a sort of stealth game which encourages you to sort of like it's it's kind of it's brooding and it's and it's tonally much different from uncharted which is i don't you don't see many like you know popcorn action movies that are four hours long whereas you know dramatic prestige television goes on for you know plenty of time yeah Yeah. and and even just from
3: a gameplay perspective you touched on it max like We were just chatting before. The Last of Us is very much a. It has a a beating heart of a survival horror, um, which means that, you know, instead of plowing through wave after wave of enemies like you do in Uncharted 4, which did grow tiresome by the end, um, you know, like theoretically every encounter will be very considered. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like
1: each uh, combat encounter I had, and we can get into combat in a second, is very like. Brutal and I had to consider every single opponent that I could run into but yeah on the in terms of game length side I am definitely cautiously optimistic because right now we can only go on the faith of what we've been told but talking to Neil He very much said like the thing that's core to the team about the last of us is It's tension and that that never lets up you do have those quiet moments here and there But like as an overarching story, it is constantly propelling you forward and he said that was the goal with this game. Like, this is not a game where they're padding it out with, like, here's 20 fun side missions right now. Like, he was like, this is a tense game all the way through, and we're keeping that tone and that pace in the sequel. It just happens to be larger it's because awesome. the story necessitated that.
3: Right. Um, it's like Dean is missing and she's got to go collect 10 flowers first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, sorry, sorry, guys. Just going to go do this. Yeah. And he
1: even said that as an example. He's like, there's nothing worse in a game where you're like, hey, I need to save my best friend, but first, let me find these five potions for you. Yeah. I'm going
0: to go out on patrol, look for survivors, but also collect 100 crickets because I want to impress a girl.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was basically me and Horizon. I was like, there's a lot to do, but I should get the coffee mugs because <laughs> um, I'm a sucker for, for stuff like that. Uh, the environment, speaking of which, they feel like there was a little more room to swim around or not necessarily to swim around because Ellie couldn't swim in the first game. And I, and saw, no no this game? I saw
1: no swimming. I saw no So okay. swimming, <laughs> swimming TVD. I forgot to ask Neil about swimming. I've said uh, this
2: before. She has nothing to do and she has no school she should
1: dog. learn
3: to swim learn to swim it's not yeah. a bad idea sort it out
1: um yeah environmentally it's so the approach that they're taking is that like wide linear thing that everyone likes to say in it's such a marketing term but essentially like it is a game that has forward momentum both on the story and your progression of the world but you'll get to areas that are larger and
2: so kind of like you know like god of war tomb raider which i was thinking earlier we don't actually have a a term for that.
3: You, well, you just said wide-linear, wide linear. Yeah. which is they, mean, what they call it on the dev side. Because or? they hate, this is the thing, devs, when you talk to devs, because everyone's always angling for, is it open world? Is yeah. it open world? Mm-hmm. And they, they're they like, no, it's not open world, but then they have nothing to kind of replace it with. Yeah. You can't and say I think, open-ish. Yeah, open-ish. <laughs> I think wide-linear is probably, I mean, I hate it, but it's probably the best description we've got so far. I
1: understand it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I would say
0: the, the structure of the first Last of Us is very much rooted in Last Gen. Like, it, it we got this. You know, PS4 and, and this generation has brought a ton of uh, open world is almost standard, and that level of sort of of, of openness and, and sort of player freedom. Uh, and we saw mm-hmm. this with with Uncharted 4, where there's the big whole like Jeep area and you know big sort of sprawling areas to explore. Uh, but it's still a linear story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's sort of, it, it's we almost have to kind of rewind and be like, how to you know talk about how it's how it's structured. Yeah, uh, what, but can I, you talk about about that a little bit? Yeah,
1: so at least in the portions that I saw, it was very much like a, as you progressed through that level there are certain points where it closes off the back part of that level. Like you're progressing through a story beat in mm-hmm. this world. And so if you missed, you know, a couple pieces of ammo back there or some medication to help like up your skills, it's gone. But there were, you could stop and you could explore these full areas. So, uh, the best examples in the suburbs, usually each encounter area would be a stretch of street that had probably five to six different buildings there and, you know, pathways around the backs and hidden compartments and like maybe a building off to the side that I didn't know. You could just run straight through to the one building that you need to get to the back door of and go up a ladder, Mm -hmm. but you can also stop and explore all these areas. And what's different about Ellie versus Joel is Ellie can jump in this game. She has a dedicated jump button. And so, uh, you know, second stories of buildings are more easily accessible. Right. If you can jump on the hood of a car and then get to an awning, you can get to the second story of a building.
2: So there's a bit more verticality.
1: Yeah, there's I, a bit more verticality and openness to it.
2: I think what's awesome about that storytelling for this franchise specifically is that it lends itself better to the sort of like ancillary narrative elements that you find digging through somebody's abandoned bedroom rather yeah. than something like Uncharted, which is like, you give me a wide linear area and there's mostly going to be trees and some rivers, maybe a cool city snake i do love a good snake but in a game like this like you can go into a house and be like oh there was a tragedy here. Like, what is the story? Let's go in this kid's room and see what their posters were like. What was their what was father? Fa- how did their parents live? Like, what did their last meal look like? Oh, it's sitting on the table. There's a lot of that that I,
3: I love. Well, I and, love that kind of and story. And interesting, the w- commentary around that from the characters yes. as well. Yes.
1: Well, yeah. what's interesting about this one, too, is especially in the suburbs area, there was essentially a, like, sub story that I could find through a series of notes left Uh, in houses back and forth to a couple people who were trying to outrun the WLF um, and save their families. I don't want to spoil it too much because it's an interesting story in there. But it was one of those things where you'd go into a back room and you'd find it. Ellie's alone, so in that section, you just have to take from it what you do. But I knew that, oh, okay, I found this first note. There's probably going to be one up ahead. I want to search each building because I want to know what happened to these people. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's definitely a storytelling device they used in the first game. But because of how wide the world is you do get a lot more of those oh why is the house like this oh that window's broken and then you see this trail of things going that way they must have been attacked and ran that way or things like that
0: right Um, is crafting back all that that crafting
1: is back yeah it was largely what we saw last time so um the like trap mines that you can place down health packs um stun bombs were in there uh molotov cocktails uh pretty At least from what we saw yeah not too demonstrably different uh there were that and then you could pick up the pill bottles that eventually let you upgrade abilities
2: um how about sort of like ammo restrictions and you know
1: it's tight like there's this first section i only had i think maybe two guns the second section i had like six guns but i only had you know three to seven bullets per gun and if i didn't search through that world I was going to run out of ammo super right. quick. And so like when I got to the final combat encounter, I went into it. I got tripped up and got spotted by two enemies and unloaded almost all of my ammo in that time. And then had to spend the rest of the time slowly stealthing. So I could get, you know, a bullet here or a bow an arrow, uh, an arrow here. Cause you, the bow and arrow does return. It's not from the start of the game, at least uh, in the demo I played it. She gets a bow at some point during
3: suburbs. I I have a question just before, because I really want to talk to you a bit more about story. Um, But just before then, you talked to me about earlier about how the AI in this game are, like, terrifyingly smart. They're smart. Um, Which I love, because, you know, it it really does kind of take you out when the AI just comes up to you, and, like, like, you're hiding in some grass, and it's just like, oh, what? I don't know. Yeah. Um, So tell me about that.
1: Yeah, so the enemy AI kind of goes hand-in-hand with the stealth updates that they've done. So the way they're dubbing it is called analog stealth. Ellie can be upright, she can crouch, and then she can lay prone. Uh, And when she's laying prone, she can, you know... Shamble her way through the grass and if it's taller grass, she's largely occluded, but you are never fully out of sight. So if someone was on a second story, they might be able to look down and see you down there. Mm. If someone is walking by you and sees a rustle, they're going to come check it out and more so than like in an Assassin's Creed where even if you run into enemies, they don't notice you sometimes. Right. like this We saw is... this a
0: bit in the E3 demo where she goes under yeah. the car.
1: Yeah, and so like they are looking for you. Like they they know to be looking for people who don't belong, and so they are smart about that. And so if they see a Russell over here, they're gonna say, "Hey, I saw something over here. The three of you come here, but go that way first. Like go around that house in case they try to sneak around. Like they are smart enough to know the area." Really? To it gives me chills just thinking and about it. And and there's bespoke dialogue
0: for all of that. Yeah,
1: so all of the characters know each other by name so a character would be like hey Rebecca go left well I'll take this way and it's
3: like henchmen evolved
1: yep yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're really smart henchmen and so I was I was in the middle of a firefight I got spotted and uh, I was in hand-to-hand combat with this woman I killed her and then a man on the bottom floor uh, we were on a balcony and he could see us through like the open slats in the balcony and us we were standing up he saw I killed her and he's like Rebecca no that Killed him. Sorry for cursing. Ah, uh, and but he was like, "No, we have to get her." And it was like really tense. It was like, "Oh, I may have killed this woman, this man's wife." I oh my god. I I don't know him, but I, you know.
0: I mean, I remember playing the first one, and like I've said this, and people get mad at me for saying it, and and how it's it's not it's not fun in that it makes you feel bad for stabbing someone in the neck with a shiv, which yeah. is a thing that should not be fun because it's very bad to do that. But that's
3: exactly <laughs> like that's exactly you know. For me, I've always found the violence in The Last of Us to be very, very fitting to its world. Mm-hmm. It's very brutal, and it's very—it makes you. F- it's exactly mm-hmm. as you say. Max. it makes you feel. It makes you feel. It makes you feel like you're you've you've done something awful in order to survive, and it
0: shakes you up. It does. Like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, but it, that's the point. It, it, it feels like a very a very human survival horror, and yes. it's the part where like maybe maybe you want to avoid combat because. Uh, you're you're short on resources or yeah. because it's a tricky situation or it'll become more difficult if you do engage but also maybe you don't want to kill Rebecca in front of her husband yeah well and I, I, I mean I like maybe that. you want to you yeah. want to have like an action like we have an emotional connection to the characters who are the protagonists but yeah. like to have a sort of uh you know hesitance to to do anything to the to the, the antagonist is sort of like oh that's a Total that's a Because there, that's there's there's an inherent
2: <laughs> yeah. ambiguity to survival in that there exactly. isn't a de- a definitive right answer for what you're supposed to do when everything goes bad.
3: But that's why yeah. I love this series and it is a series now because they're are yeah. so, this is why I love the series so much because it is it's so morally ambig like it's just ambiguous. You just you you, you don't it's know great. whether you're the good yeah. guy. You don't know whether Joel's a good guy. I don't know if Ellie's like you know, I don't know how I'm going to feel after like watching her shiver guy in the neck. Yeah, over and over and over. Well, and it's that
1: thing of running away is a viable option. So if you get caught in like, combat, can you shiver
3: guy in the neck or is it in the back.
1: Uh, I think when you when Should you I... trap him, uh, you take the the knife around to the front. Yeah, I think it's in the front. Uh, so, anyway, you can run away. Like, running away in this game is a viable option in combat. And especially if you feel bad about killing, as I did sometimes until I was like, I'm backed into a corner. These people have to die. Right. But because it's kill or be killed, it, like, I could run away. I could hop a fence, run around this building, sneak in the back door of it, go up to the second story, climb out a window, jump down to the grass, and then go into another building. And they have no idea where I am anymore. And then I could try to sneak through. Because you can stealth your way through all the combat. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to, and I did a couple times, but I couldn't, toward the end of the demo, it got real hard and I died a few times, but because of the introduction of dogs. And some of the human uh, enemies have dogs with them, and the dogs can sniff your trail. And you can see what that trail is with the, the listen abilities back that Joel had. You can you know listen to the world and see clickers through walls and whatnot. But you can also see the scent trail that you've left behind that a dog will follow. Now, and
0: you can kill the
2: dogs. You can you kill,
1: can the, kill dogs. the dogs.
0: Speaking of moral ambiguity, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot more people who are going to have a hard time killing the dogs than killing the people. I,
3: I, and these, I've, these, I've these, are, about, these are regular dogs. I mean, the thing is, we've killed, a lot, of, to we killed kill, a lot of dogs yeah. in video yeah. games, but like, often they're like mutant dogs or whatever. Like, mm. These are just like these regular are dogs. dogs. Yeah. I mean,
1: these are dogs that have been trained to kill by a terrible militia group. They're still dogs. Yeah. And I died several times in that game in the demo, because I didn't want to kill the dogs right. until they one time... They make a
3: terrible time, sound when they... Oh No, don't tell me, actually. Just... One time I was
1: back into they a They actually talk now. They go, oh, no! <laughs> ruh <R-row. laughs> They're all voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, actually. Um, and then I got... <laughs> ah, you stabbed me in <laughs> the neck! <laughs> that would actually be fun. That
0: uh, was, they, not so much Game of the Year material.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> ruh <R-row. laughs> Please mod that into a game. Um, oh no,
0: that's I feel me. like you laugh at a lot of jokes from the 70s <laughs> oh my
3: god I'm putting that in my Twitter bio she didn't get
1: Scooby Doo until like five years ago no, there, are, there
3: are
2: like murderers on death row who have killed people who like when someone gets to that jail who killed the dog they're like let's kill that guy we have rules to this shit. Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: and so when you get into those situations it was Oh, I'm going to let myself die because I don't want to kill a dog. Right. Like that, that was how I thought. And then one time I accidentally killed a dog and was like, all right, everyone dies now. Like mm. this is an all, yeah. everything's gone because I need to survive. So going and back to so, the scent thing,
0: is yeah. there any, do you know, do you get a sense if there's anything you can do to hide that? Like if you can, I put on deodorant or wash or whatever. Yeah.
1: Uh, deodorant is a, a new pickup. We, basically what you can do you serious? is, no, it's not. Oh, That'd be very I, funny. I don't
0: know, man. I put metal gear, <laughs> they got all kinds of weird nonsense.
1: Yeah. There. I'd believe it. Um, In this game, when a dog has your scent and you can see it, you can distract that dog from that trail by throwing a bottle or brick the same way you can trick a human enemy or a clicker. And then they're off your trail. But if you're within a close enough proximity to them again, like if you just stay put, they'll eventually get back on your trail. Okay. so if you walk away mm. they'll lose that trail but you may walk into the territory of another dog like basically think of wherever a dog is they have a certain probably radius where they'll start to pick up your scent
2: can you throw a stake like in the cartoon i wish i'm glad you asked that <laughs> i was going to go there next um, um, neil
1: refused to answer my question about
3: that i have a quick um, question yes Did you, so you fought human enemies yes you killed a couple of dogs let's not talk about it. um and you killed some clickers in the first part of the game that you played. Yes, and
1: then there were a pl- couple, Sorry, part of, of the
3: demo. Yeah. Um, did you encounter any new like clicker types? Because we yeah. saw some in the story trailers.
1: Yeah, so in the patrol portion, I was just fighting runners. So if they heard me, they'd come blaring for me if they heard or saw me. And then clickers who can only go by hearing.
0: Did they seem any different?
1: No, they seemed largely the same, I would say. Clickers, it felt like when I got into a situation where if one trapped me, I was done for, like, instantly. I felt very much defenseless almost against them. But runners, runners, I just felt, uh, and it's been a while since I played the first game, but I felt very much on edge around them. Like, it was very, like, if they even get the slightest hint of me, I'm done for.
2: Do you think they'll um, do clicker dogs? I hope not. Because that's, <laughs> but, I'll, I'll kill those, no problem. I mean,
1: yeah. It'd be I better than the he, the real dogs. Um, uh, the real dogs once. I mean, we
2: saw, we saw, like, an elk torn apart in... I don't know what the rules to this world are.
1: That was the, I would say that was the clickers and runners that I encountered. Uh, the implication is they attacked that deer. Mm. Um, but it didn't turn into a clicker deer. We'll see yeah. if it does later. Um, I but they acted, I'd say, largely the same to the first game. There wasn't too much different there. Uh, but there was a new introduction of the Shambler, I believe it was called. And the Shambler, he is like, all upper body mass <laughs> like he has that weird v basically and then circles around because he's all mutated like, yeah and is this they're,
3: so like they're so revolting they're, i just want them to get out of pus- my face they're
2: like they're different than regular zombies in that they're like gassy and pussy
1: oh and they're so ga- they look There's so like gassy shooting like, out of them. when yeah. you yeah. Like when you kill a,
2: california
0: raisin a, mm-hmm.
1: when you kill a shambler uh it explodes a cloud of dust Right. Like a very pretty thick cloud oh, of dust man, that, that would takes smell a while so to bad. Yeah. yeah.
2: So uh, It might not. It's, it's spores. It could just be like a like a fresh mushroom. Yeah. It totally. doesn't smell great. It's earthy. You know.
1: Yeah. That's I the
3: think it best would be like a rancid smell. mushroom. Like a rancid mushroom. Like a fleshy rancid mushroom. I right, think it would smell down. like the band
1: <laughs> Rancid. <laughs> Stop, um, Stop it. <laughs> so the Shambler was meant to be a much more like brutal... I think it's like if they get to you, you're done for. Mm. Like there's very little uh leeway there i was able to trick mine (laughs) and never had to engage in combat with it because i there it was in a room with another runner i used uh i distracted the runner which sent the shambler after the runner but the shambler was a little slower obviously so i set down a trap mine in between when they entered this room trap mine exploded threw a molotov at it and then a couple shotgun blasts and it was down so like if you can all out assault at them you can kill them pretty easily, but that uses a lot of your
3: resources are gone. gone. So yeah, it
1: it was that, or my guess is I probably could have, you know, tried to pick it off, but it would have taken a lot of running around, um, to maintain my stealth.
3: Mm -hmm. Can we quickly, um, touch on like the story stuff that you saw in terms of, uh, the relationship between Ellie and Dina, which was the main kind of, uh, relationship that you saw in this demo, right? Yeah. Like you, you, you saw Joel at the very end, but, yeah. You didn't get much of him. No. So definitely
2: one they've been focusing on since last, last year at E3. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: So some story spoilers follow. But basically, um, the first level of the game that I played, Patrol, was very much more akin to a classic Last of Us setup. It was Ellie and an AI companion. So Dina is with you that whole time. Uh, she can you know help out in combat and things. She's never obtrusive or gets in the way, but she's with you the whole time the level is really about what a day in their life is like, but this level takes place immediately after that kiss. So obviously there's a bit of an unspoken, Hey, where do things stand? And the level, you know, they get into some tense, uh, encounters and some tense moments, but the whole level is kind of them trying to figure out where the other stands right now. Um, And so the dialogue is, you know, it's a bleak, snowy day, but it's funny and it's pithy. And there's this unspoken, wonderful chemistry between the two of them. Like all throughout this level, Shannon Woodward as Dina and Ashley Johnson as Ellie are so together. Uh, And just the way they play off each other is so natural. And just instantly I was like, oh, I love this relationship. I believe in these two as people who love each other as friends and maybe something more like I see that right from the jump. And so you get this back and forth there you know, mocking each other here and there uh, cutely and whatnot. And then they get to a moment where they're at a watchtower where they check in uh, about their patrol so far. And they're both standing at the on uh, the balcony of the second level looking out over the snowy hills. They can see a town where they have to go. They're just looking out. They're enjoying the day. And they're just having this peaceful moment. They trade some light banter back and forth. And then Dina walks away and Ellie is just standing there. And the game is still running. And it's quiet. And I don't do anything for a second because I'm like, okay, when does something happen? And I was like, oh, no, I have to make her leave. And it was just one of those moments where it was like this peace and calm and quiet amidst what is an emotionally fraught situation, both on a romantic level, but also on a (laughs) survival level. Mm -hmm. And it was just this beautiful, quiet moment that I think is what they excel at the best Mm -hmm. uh, when they throw this in there. And it was just this... Oh, uh, I need to keep going, and it was this wonderful exhale so and <laughs> that bit of level ended. You got a sense of like there's another character they mentioned Eugene who works at uh who was part of their encampment, and you get a sense of his relationship to the two of them and whatnot, and they stumble upon his uh secret weed den where he's he was growing a bunch of weed that has all now died um oh, no it's it's all dead, but the there's, biggest
3: tragedy in the, the last of us <laughs> is a weed um.
1: Spoilers. You'll never believe who dies in The Last of Us Part 2. The weed. The weed. Um, <laughs> no! <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Last of Us Part 2. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Sorry, it's early. Uh, no,
1: it worked. Um, so the two of them are down there. <laughs> That's so bad. Wow. It, I loved it.
2: It's another 70s joke for <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, The two of them are down there. They find a couple joints. They're like, I don't know how old this is, but let's smoke it. And then they start talking about... Dina's like, so how would you uh, rate our kiss? And it's just the two of them going. That's back what and I love forth. to ask. Yeah, you always been What been
0: video game I've... franchise would you never want to be stoned in? <laughs> yeah. check well, out my kiss on Yelp. <laughs> uh, okay. well,
1: it's, just, it's the two of them being like, I don't know how to approach this situation, and you get that so quickly, and it this it goes into cutscene at this point, but the two of them are the uh, the animation on them is just amazing like the way their performances come through is just incredible and it's the two of them going back and forth trying to figure out where the other stands and then finally they kiss again and it's this like wonderful heartwarming like sweet moment of reprieve for them in the midst of all this because earlier in the level they get separated for a brief bit uh in a blizzard that's kicking up and you know, Ellie loses track of Dina and you're just trying to, you're walking your horse through this area and you have no idea where to go because the trail is gone and it's kind of a circular area and you can't find her. And then eventually she pops up and it's like, I'm here, I'm here. And they find each other and she's just it's like, okay, there's nothing I could have done, but
3: look for her. Can we speculate for one second? Um, because the story trailer quite heavily implied that Ellie was on a revenge mission. Yeah. Um, possibly to avenge Dina. Mm-hmm. um that is it's, it's a strong implication now for, for me I don't think that Naughty Dog would reveal or even strongly hint at such a major plot point so early on and I don't believe with all of the um focus they've put on Dina thus far that they're just gonna kill her off and that Ellie's gonna go on a rampage what do you, I mean what kind of you spoke to Neil yeah what did he have to say about that
1: he he yeah. you know st- and, like, playing to your point, I do think it is misdirection um, because they're so, they're willing to reveal so little about this game. Mm. And then to reveal that when they have played up this relationship feels like it would be really bad pulling the rug from out from underneath us. I Neil said that that relationship is very important to Ellie and Ellie's journey, um, but wouldn't say more than that. Uh, based on what I saw, based on what we've seen from the trailer and whatnot, I do think they hinted that. Obviously, I think Ellie believe she sees a tragedy or sees a tragedy that we don't know the specifics of and i think we're all assuming it's one thing but don't think it will be that Mm. um yeah
2: because we did uh, essentially get that story already in left behind you know we we know what it's like to see her we know what it's like to see her lose her whole family and we know what it's like to see her lose her love interest and and what that does to her emotionally mentally um so i do hope that this veers differently than that.
1: Knowing that they like they're making the sequel because they felt like they figured out the story that worked. Mm-hmm. Like they, they felt like this story needed to be told. It would be weird to be like, yeah, it's basically just telling the same emotional beat for this yep. character. We already told that doesn't feel like a naughty dog story move. And I think they are mm-hmm. great enough storytellers to know to avoid
0: that. I'm, I'm hoping there's a lot of misdirection here because I thought that the initial reveal was like, Oh, this looks like dark and interesting and different and only like a, like more grown up. Like it looked, yeah. it, there was something palpably sort of different, like time had passed. And then the trailer we saw just this last week felt kind of like more of the same. It was all prettier and bigger graphics, and all the, you know, the, the snow looked cool and there were horses and mm-hmm. stuff. And, but it was at the same time, it looked much more like The Last of Us Part One. Uh, so I'm really hoping that they're kind of, there's some sleight of hand here. and totally,
1: I, I definitely think there is because uh, talking to Neil about the scope of the game, he was like, you know, the reason the game is so big is because of all the twists and turns that we are putting into the story that necessitated it to be this big. And there are a lot of things that we just, excuse me, have no idea mm-hmm. of just yet. And he's like, this game has a large cast of characters. We've ostensibly met like four people in this world. We know right. Ellie, Joel, Dina... Uh, their friend at the dance, whose name I forget, and that's about it. Like I'm, named character-wise.
0: I'm so excited for how much this is going to subvert our expectations because obviously the first one did that left and right, and that's why it's so highly regarded. I mean, the fact that it would just you'd be in this like, oh, we're so conditioned to be like, oh, a video game uh, doesn't take breaks story-wise. Like it kind of is just one consistent adventure. Maybe there's a you know passage of day or night or whatever, but for the most part, it doesn't just stop and be like, yeah, no, no, several months passed. You don't know how many. Figure it out, you know? Yeah. So for it to do more of that is extremely exciting. Uh, I hope that there's some kind of, like, surprising time leap or some some kind of, you know, curveball thrown I, at us mid-game.
3: That's my favorite part
0: of the last one, so.
2: Yeah,
3: I believe that, like, Naughty Dog, um, and same with, like, Corey Barlog and his team um, at Sony Santa Monica, like, they have the ability to weave some really delicate, nuanced storytelling in the big shooty, shooty, bang, bang, triple-A space. Yeah. Um, and I have, like, faith in that team more than anyone, Misa, to, absolutely. To, to be able to, uh, to tell something that is actually quite poignant and, and real.
1: Yeah, yeah, based on what I saw, it very much was like, this feels like The Last of Us. Like This feels like the game that I love. The It's one of my favorite games of all time. That ending is my favorite ending to any game. It felt like that game, but evolved. Mm. But I also know that they're hiding so much that there's all that I'll write in my preview probably won't even scratch the surface of what this game holds. And that's right. really exciting to know because it's five months away. Like this game is a reality now. Speaking of which,
2: yeah. uh, I wanted to talk about the release date because I think it has bigger implications at large about what we've been theorizing about the rollout for PlayStation 5 and next gen in I was general. completely
3: wrong. I was yeah. thinking <laughs> that it was a PlayStation, f- it was gonna be a PlayStation well, 5 like launch title uh, along with a PlayStation One four. of those
2: like brid- the, bridge
3: bridge games. Yeah, yeah.
2: the Twilight princess bridge games, yeah. right? Um, we've been theorizing for a long time based on the rollout for the ps4 that we would get a reveal in february and a launch in fall for the ps5 i no longer feel that way at all because i feel like it would be uh kind of insane for playstation to essentially you know step on the rollout for the last of us and impede on that with playstation 5 news unless there's a um a really dumb reason to do it or be a really smart reason reason to do it in that there's some sort of like if you buy The Last of Us on PS4, you unlock this on PS5 inevitably. And so I do think that we will get PlayStation 5 news now a little bit later, like March or April or something like that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like they're gonna fly a bunch of people to New York City to check out the PS five a week the, before. The week before The Last of Us Two yeah. comes out. That's yeah. going to be that's their that is their flagship swan song until we hear about whatever's going on with Ghost of Sushi. Well
1: and, and that's the other big question mark. Obviously, The Last of Us is more of a name, but Ghost is still a highly anticipated game. I have yep. a feeling it'll be like Last of Us, PS5, Ghost. Yep. Uh, the PS5 reveal, Ghost. Yep. Um, I have a feeling Ghost is like middle of the year, like May to June-ish, maybe, um, just based on they still need to put out the PS5 in the fall, presumably. Um, and I don't think they want the, those like swallowing up the air from each other. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do think we're not going to get a PS5 reveal in February, as I've been just assuming.
2: Yep. But um, yeah, which is I'm I mean uh, kind of kind of crazy, kind of cool. I I mean I have no idea how Microsoft is going to handle their rollout next year. Next year is going to be very interesting because it's one of the most densely packed swan song years I've ever seen in the history. It's a of,
1: crazy year. Of covering
2: consoles. <laughs> yeah. And also two brand new systems are coming out, and um, there are a bunch of things in the air in terms of massive first-party exclusives coming through Sony, um, one of which now has a release date, two of which have release dates if you count Death Stranding, and also Ghost, which could be a PS5 launch game, but also the bridge thing we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So
1: I think um, that game will definitely still come to PS4. I don't think they would take it away after they've promised it for PS4. Totally. I, I think you run into a bad... I know some people theorize that about Last of Us Part Two, and I, I think you run into a really, really bad PR snafu that you don't have to when you're like... You just have to buy the new console, even though we told you you didn't have to.
2: It's also a massive uh, you know, financial failure to uh, rob the opportunity of tens of millions of existing PS4 owners to yeah. drop down 60 to 150, depending on what statues it comes <laughs> with, dollars on a brand new game that they've yeah. been excited for for a long time. Like leaving that audience behind for a new audience, I imagine that you'll sell between you know, 5 and 10 million units before 2021 starts uh, to, to kick in um, of the PlayStation five, you know, maybe more than that, maybe less. We'll see. But that's, that's a fraction of what you can make off of selling an existing audience
1: to a hundred million people. That
2: said, we know about backwards compatibility being a thing in some way. And so I'm really interested to see how that's going to work. We've been talking about that for a long time on the show of like, how do you get people to double dip on stuff like that? The last of us, uh, the first game getting ported to PS4 was a massive financial boon for them because you had a lot of people who were playing that for the very first time. And I imagine that's going to continue to happen. Um, And so we'll see. I I do think they'll find some way to incentivize people to not only buy that game on PS4, but also play it again on PS5 because there will be some sort of inherent, you know, bonus of doing that, whether that's visually or there's content or something, you know, so that's going to be cool.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm curious to see what the life of Last of Us is post its release, especially with if they decide to do any DLC, what multiplayer there may be. Like yeah. that is a huge mystery as of
3: right now too. Yeah,
2: getting a sort of left behind story for this game 6 to 8 months later or something like that. Yeah, I, I still with,
3: believe Left Behind was one of the best pieces of DLC oh, all oh, time. Yeah. Hands down. Um, oh, good. I
2: don't I forget how long after the initial game's launch that was, but it felt it felt just right to be like Let's go back in here for a couple more hours. It was. It was also like it was the kind of thing you could finish in like an evening, which I really appreciated. I think it it took me like two or three hours. Yeah,
1: it's uh, small but like worthwhile in so many ways. Yeah, Um, I love that. I, I
3: I play that like that was one of those games that I would play in front of people to show how amazing games were yeah because <laughs> no, it was like that. you know what i mean like i know that's stupid but it's like Ooh. it was just the right size so they wouldn't get bored mm-hmm. but it's also just it, it's so emotionally powerful yeah
1: yeah i did pt in front of all my friends <laughs> to scare them um i think that pretty much covers everything i saw i think i forgot to mention ellie has a dodge button now too did i mention that? we've had I'm so many sure. conversations on or off the this. show yeah. anyway ellie has a dodge button now in combat which makes it Yet a little bit more complex uh but on the combat side, same familiar arsenal of guns that she had they can be upgraded uh, with different components um you can add more capacity or uh, less recoil whatnot but yeah, by and large, there were, like, a lot of really familiar aspects to how it played, but I didn't want it to, you know, throw out the rulebook of what The Last of Us did. It, it felt like it was improving on some of the aspects that lacked on, like, a playability level while keeping the story and performance elements that worked so well. I mean, Which is
2: great, because, like, as Max said earlier, The Last of Us is a last-gen game, you know? Mm-hmm. That, is a, that is a game from, uh, from the PS3 era, and so... I do like the idea of that being more intuitive and dynamic now. And it's crazy
3: like, that it was the last Chain Game. It's insane. In my, I mean, I, I did play remastered as well, but of like, of course, yeah. Um, in my mind, it's still so. It's still so sort of like relevant. Because it's, it's an, still it's still such a prestige it's game. It's
2: Incredibly ahead of its time at yeah. the same time, yeah. you know. So Max, what I mean, Naughty
0: mean? Dog's really good about. Um, I think. Sort of picking their battles and how they scale their stuff, you know. Like they typically sort of keep one sort of one franchise per console generation, and then this sort of last couple of years, it's been interesting watching them deviate from that. Where it was like, oh, the Uncharted trilogy's done, okay, time for The Last of Us, and then some a standalone story of The Last, of, and then Uncharted four, a mm-hmm. fourth game. That's always and it was you know added some new mechanics and it was you know there's a grappling hook and it was like oh this is more this is wider. There's, with a winch on it and then now we're back to the last of us so you know it's it's kind of i mean they be... also did a six hour uncharted sequel exactly yes yeah. kind of snuck in there too
2: which is one of my favorites as well
0: yeah and it'll, it'll be really cool to see i mean they kind of it used to be like oh you know three crash bandicoots and uh, uh, jack and dexter and then you know uncharted and it's like there's very very and they've their audience has grown up with them which i think is always really cool but also like they don't just do like oh time for another one let's throw out the formula and do something entirely new let's right. completely you know just reinvent the wheel and and build a better mousetrap or whatever. They're kind of like, no, let's take a close look at this and figure out what works. And I, I really, that's, I think what makes their game so, so good is that they're, they're, they're firmly grounded in a sort of proven foundation.
1: Yeah. And the sequel feels like it's built in what worked for the first game, but it's being created because they had the ideas and the desire to continue that world and to refine that world that they had made and expand upon it. And I think there is so much more to see. Like I do genuinely believe in them and saying that what I played was such a small fraction of the game. I do think there's so much more that they're keeping away from us knowing what they've kept in the past about the story of the first Last of Us and other games that I just I can't wait to see more of it. It left me really, really itching to be like, okay, when can I just play the full thing? Yeah. And now we know.
0: Mm-hmm. Also, that that's super cool that they've kept it this buttoned up until yeah. now. And that yeah. they're like, here's the the end of the light is at the end of the tunnel. It is here's the date. Yeah. Reorder now and get a free banjo or whatever. Backpack. Mm-hmm. Backpack.
1: Um, yeah, so that was it was a hell of a two hours to play, uh, and I can't wait to see more. Uh, I'll have a full written preview on IGN. Uh, Lucy and I did a conversation about what I saw. Uh, we have some interview breakouts with Neil Druckmann on the side as well, so you can definitely check out all of that stuff. Um, before we wrap up, I did want to talk about Last of Us playing a big role in this other major Sony thing that happened to happen this week, State of Play. Uh, so Sony aired the third State of Play while I was at the Last of Us Part Two event. Thanks, Sony. Um, which ended with that Last of Us release date trailer, but it also included, uh, as we mentioned before, the PS Plus games for October being Last of Us Remastered and MLB 2019 pretty great month um, as well as a look at some upcoming psvr titles the announcement of humanity from the tetris tetris effect developers uh which they kind of left ambiguous what the game will actually play like but we got a sense of it through wasn't the that, that announced right. oh it was announced already this was just mm-hmm. a new trailer right. highlighting it thank that you yeah. very cool yeah i liked that trailer a lot uh i already- totally
0: forgot about that game and the trailer started and i was like oh tetris effect 2 yep and then it said humanity and i was like I don't get it.
1: <laughs>
3: Brian like, was like, I, "They already
0: announced that," and I was like, "Oh, sorry." Yeah. I
3: like how um, it kind of initially looked like really like fun. Like it, it sort of reminded me of like a Nintendo trailer for a second. It was like, "Oh, this is you know adorable. You're controlling all these little people, and then they <laughs> just start shooting at each other." Yeah. Um, and then I, getting
2: pushed off a of ledge. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. yeah. I, it's like, oh, this is a physics simulator. Good. Yeah, I'm very yeah. interested. Mess them
3: because I read um, on the blog on their blog that um you know there's a message behind like there's a sort of deeper message behind it and I'm really intrigued.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, I especially after Tetris Effect I trust that team implicitly so I'm excited to see what they do next. Uh it also, also looks
0: like it looks like a really high-tech puzzle game. Yeah. Like yeah. It, that's the kind of thing you you couldn't really I mean it looks people are comparing it to Lemmings kind of but it's kind of cool to see uh, what's clearly a puzzle or rhythm type game with that many moving parts because usually yeah. that's a fairly rudimentary genre with yeah. just usually some sort of bells and whistles thrown the, on it.
1: They know how to put a twist on a like familiar formula so i'm excited to see what they do there we also learned uh wadam uh the new game from the katamari damacy creator is coming in december Was announced in like 2012 uh, yeah or it's been around for like, forever
3: yeah i think it was 2015 and, and it's just sort of suddenly it's like yeah. oh, it's coming up in, in december. december yeah
1: um that Video was games. there uh arise was announced uh from cool. techland uh publishing it is a seems like a very Emotional. Yeah, studio personal. is like Piccolo. I don't piccolo. know. Yeah.
3: So again, this was um, this is a, a studio uh, led by three people who came who like were in advertising, and they got so bummed out by like the ruthless world of advertising that they formed this video game studio. This is their first game. Oh wow. Okay. Um, and it's yeah, it looks it looks very pretty. It looks it looks like it has the potential to be very moving. Yes. Because you yeah. play like you're, you're dead, and then you revisit like the highs and lows of your life.
1: Yeah, it's a, a really interesting concept, and I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. more comes from Looks that. Like a
2: cute God of War. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. I'm glad they came over to the gaming side where there's never any
0: arguments;
3: and <laughs> everyone agrees.
0: And yeah, I'm sure their first game will will launch without a hitch, and everyone will be very nice about it, yeah. and forgiving, and it'd be just really—they'll mm-hmm. be so sweet.
3: I'd be crawling back to yeah. advertising. <laughs> Let us what sell it? sports drinks for the love of God. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: that was in their uh, new Call of Duty cinematic trailer for the campaign which looked like they just filmed live action half the time That, um, guy, that,
2: that dude's beard is cons- constantly taking me out of that, that whatever that story <laughs> is. I, I don't care about Call of Duty I haven't played one of those campaigns in like seven years I am completely agnostic to the entire like controversy around whatever this is or non-troversy, whatever it is uh, but that dude's beard, it makes him look like he's like <laughs> an old-timey like Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> he looks like
0: <laughs> that dude from Animal House.
2: Yeah, he looks like a circus man from the 1920s 20s he looks like he should be on the animal crackers box wrangling cartoon tiger i mean
1: from the first modern warfare price was like two steps removed from that he, yeah, he's right? basically that guy but he's in the military exactly
2: yeah he uh, looks like he died of scurvy on a boat like he doesn't look like he belongs in like a, a game with the word modern s- written so many times in the marketing
3: <laughs> <That's laughs> let gonna be able to change it <laughs> that's my change. change the beard
2: yeah i don't <laughs> care about the, the white phosphorus or whatever but they, they shave that man's face
1: <laughs> That's that's the <laughs> post credit scene. Take Barnum <laughs> and Bailey
0: out of the c- the gun game.
1: I don't want him exactly. there. <laughs> Get this uh, before we were Mac, out of here. walking down the street in San
2: Francisco once, and we saw a guy <laughs> with a cartoon mustache on like one of those like eight foot tall bicycles, and both of
0: us were at, the same, at the same exact time were like, "Oh f you." <laughs> <laughs> you ever want to like hear what disapproval sounds like silently? Yeah. It's just the air between us whenever somebody with like a handlebar mustache shows up. And yeah. We're both just like. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're usually on like in some sort of cartoon vehicle that they disallowed in the 1930s.
1: Well, no, they put all
0: their skill points in a mustache yeah. and yeah. Then they're they're wearing like Dockers and like a pair of like Tevas and you're like, you ever think about you know maybe character designing the rest of your character there? Yeah, yeah. exactly. That has to appear in cutscenes that we all have to watch. Yeah, finish now. your Xbox Avatar.
2: Uh, <laughs> Say hi to your mother
0: for me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's go fine. back to talk about uh, games.
1: Following Handlebar Mustache simula- Simulator was also PSVR. Uh, look ahead at that stuff. Um, not anything that we didn't really know about. There was one or two, I think, games announced in there, but they were very much in a like. Space Channel quick, weird way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we not know about
0: that? I don't know.
1: Yeah.
2: And
0: then L.A. Noir.
2: L.A. Noir is was... now between this and Nintendo Switch. It's when Rockstar is like, let's, let's test this thing out for a few months. Yeah. <laughs> They're such um, a weird company. Yeah.
1: That's been on a couple other VR headsets. It's now available on PSVR. Uh, But that was pretty much like the meat and potatoes of that whole thing. Uh, A medieval Uh, demo is now available.
0: I think you're forgetting something very special. The most special thing
2: oh
1: oh yeah the the death stranding <laughs> ps4 yeah. pro special Be- edition thank you yeah uh which my, has my
2: kid has hand painted all of those by the way so yeah it lying. has the yep.
1: handprints uh on the face of the console but more importantly
3: it has, has
0: your kid a, ever pissed a whole dual shock controller. it has a translucent uh, yeah, yellow dual shock yeah that's
1: definitely p yellow I like with how the baby like, in there
3: it's well, p p, no, apparently it's, the baby's not in there oh it's the just baby, like it no. it on?
0: those are the things that make the rumble shock work that's how they get the Dual Shock.
3: Because, like, I thought for a second. I don't know. The baby I thought, is the baby was, in
0: the controller. I was
3: writing a, ra- a wrap up of, of this whole thing, and for a second, like, someone just I got an Im- like an image was on my screen of the baby in the controller. I was like, I'm a- like, I'm getting this weird piece of shit like <laughs> console right now because the baby's in there, and that's just wild to me. If-
0: if they just sold the controllers by themselves, I'd totally jump on it. And be like, oh, no, my controller's done, Honey, hand me that piss-colored <laughs> one over there, over yonder. I don't know Which why I talk the like with that. one the baby in it? Yeah. Uh, that's the, I but just yes, cracked up because awesome. they totally were like, yeah, that's great. Death Stranding, coming soon. I was like, oh, it's going to be a new trailer? And I was like, nope, it's nope. baby's first console.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was uh, not the way I thought they'd show Death Stranding in this state of play. But there you go if you need a new PS4 Pro. Um, yeah, that on the whole was uh, the highs maybe some of the lows of that state of play Uh, briefly before we wrap up, because I think we're running out of time in here. What did you all think of this third state of play?
2: Uh, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like the last of us did so much heavy lifting that the rest of it just sort of felt um, superfluous. I actually like found the, the tone of the entire thing very bizarre because like we came after this like heart wrenching, Got a real revenge flick in terms of The Last of Us, and then you hear the narrator and they're like, and that's The Last of Us Part Two. And you won't
0: have to wait long yeah. to stab a man directly in the jugular The Last more. of Us is coming to PlayStation 4 console. Shiv
3: Your February Friends or 21st. A dog
2: yeah. on
0: February 21st, <laughs> 2021.
2: Or 2020, whatever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's 2021 uh,
3: I thought it was like, yeah, it was weird because obviously there was so much um hype generated by like all the teasers that had come out of Naughty Dog. Um, and everyone was just waiting to see the last of us, and they were dropping some pretty dry announcements, like especially in the sort of second half. And I was just like, "Oh, come on, guys, like get on with it. Like we don't really do we really need to see this right now?" Yeah, it, it
1: felt like there could have been a better balance between yeah. like the bigger stuff and the smaller stuff. like the fact that it opened you know the first 15 minutes of it outside of call of duty, everything was relatively smaller scale. Felt very odd. Yeah. It, especially. No, it's,
2: it's like Weird Al opening up for Slayer. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, they show the Katamari Damacy guy's new game, and he's like, oh, look at these funny shapes with lips. I
3: just think like, yeah, I'm
0: going to kill everyone
2: that touches my girlfriend.
3: I, I think that with State of Play, um, they should maybe, like, theme them a bit better. Yeah. Like, like if they're going to do one that just focuses on small indie games, then have that as, like, a this is the indie game State of Play. If they're going to have one that focuses on The Last of Us, then just make it The Last of Us. Yeah.
1: If this was just a. 10 minutes of The Last of Us and it was the trailer. They show you the collector's edition. They tell you a few basic facts about the they game. They could have petted
3: like, out the collector's ed- edition stuff like yeah. if they wanted to. They, mm-hmm. it,
1: I think that would have worked better as a like, yeah. bit of marketing for this. And also, WB Games Montreal, don't tease a new Batman game in the two days before a state of play in an uh, inside Xbox. Please. I want that game so badly. Yeah. Don't do that to us.
2: Yeah, We went through Batman Day and the state of play with no new news on the Batman game. Which yeah, I'm just sure the, it will leak the second we watch The
1: logo pieces but it was just like yeah ah uh, i wish that had happened but yeah state of play i think they're getting there like second and third were definitely improvements on the first but mm-hmm. i think they are still getting the hang of how this thing works
0: you think we're gonna see batman at new york comic con
1: it's not a bad idea
0: yeah batman is in the comic books he d- he's he been Bowl. in
1: one or two yeah. yeah um other than that that are the game awards i think is probably where we'll see it yeah um but yeah i think state of play still has some work to do but you know having uh, it end on the Last of Us trailer. It's not a bad way to go out. Um, that I think pretty much wraps up the show. Again, I mentioned all of our, my Last of Us part two coverage is on IGN.com right now. Some stuff on youtube.com IGN. So please go check all of that out. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. Um, other than that, we are usually airing the show every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific. You can find it at beyond.IGN.com, youtube.com slash IGN beyond and your favorite podcast services around the world. If you are listening on any of those services or on YouTube, please subscribe, please rate us, please tell us we did a good job we always love that um but thank you to everyone who continues to write in either to beyond at ign.com with questions or memory card stories or in the comments uh we'll read plenty of those on the shows to come other than that you can find us on twitter and instagram brian where are you
2: i'm at agent bizzle and on instagram i'm
0: at uh brian altana
3: lucy i'm at loose o'brien on instagram and twitter
0: Max, find me on uh, Twitter at Totino's official oh, and okay. uh, on Instagram at Planters Peanuts.
1: Perfect, and I am at <laughs> JM Dornbusch on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my real accounts. Uh, you can find us there when we're not here. Uh, thank you so much for listening and watching. As always, uh, beyond, beyond,
2: beyond. beyond.